Hello, friends. I'm Annie. And I'm Annie. You're listening to the Macros Universe podcast. Your weekly podcast for a dose of random facts, lightheartedness, health and fitness, and everything under the universe. Welcome to the Macros Universe podcast, episode 26. Today, we're going to be busting 10 health and fitness myths. But first, Annie's going to give us our random fact of the day. All right. So for the random fact of the day today, I thought we'd switch it up a little bit. And instead of facts, we're going to do some jokes. So number one, why do hamburgers go to the gym, Annie? I have no idea. To get better buns. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> number two, what kind of gym do Christians like to go to? I don't know. A CrossFit gym. CrossFit, cute. <laughs> Three. Why did the Waldo from Where's Waldo go to the gym? Why does he or why doesn't he? Why doesn't he go to the gym? Oh, because no one can see him when he's there. I yeah, nice. Because no one can <laughs> spot him. Hey, what do chickens work on in the gym? What do they work on? What do they work on? Their sounds. Their pecs. <laughs> okay, and the last one. Why can athletes lift more than prisoners? Why can athletes weigh, lift more than prisoners? Lift more than prisoners. Why? Because the pros outweigh the cons. <laughs> so awesome. Those are your health and fitness jokes of the day. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on. Okay, so myth number one today, we're going to talk about um, some health and fitness myths. And number one is you need to exercise for an hour at a time to benefit. So six out of seven Americans think that just a little exercise is pointless, but it really isn't. Your body can benefit from even just one minute of exercise. According to researchers at the National Cancer Institute and the National Institutes for Health, even a few minutes of moderate to vigorous activity counts towards better fitness and better health. So that could be jogging for five minutes, climbing a flight of stairs, anything small, anything big, just get your activity in. Now, ideally, these little bursts of activity can add up to an hour a day, so a little bit here, a little bit there, which say researchers cut a person's risk of death by half. And I saw a post from Butter Your Macros the other day, and it said, I don't know who needs to hear this, but you burn the most calories existing. Yes, you lay in bed all day long. You laying in bed all day long burns more calories than one hour on the elliptical. And I think it's just funny because um, a lot of times we focus so much on the workout that we forget that we don't exist because of the workout. The workout exists for us, right? If we skip a day not working out, the sun's still going to come up. The earth is going to keep spinning, you know, like things keep going on. It's not the end of the world. And it doesn't mean that we stop burning calories. If we don't work out, we burn calories because we exist. Now, yes, of course, there are tons of health benefits to an hour long exercise or specific training regimen. But at the end of the day, anything, anything you do, whether big or small will burn calories. So instead of 
always trying to get that grandiose workout in every day. And if you don't get it in, you're like, oh, I failed today. You know, don't stress over it too much. Just focus on moving. What are, whether it is you can do in a day, even if it's like standing up, like during your work day and walk around your chair or walk around for five minutes during the day, give yourself a little pat on the back because taking daily steps, whether big or small, all leads to results. Myth number two, crunches or sit-ups are the best way to build your abs. Okay, so crunches are a great way to strengthen your core and they don't do much as far as burning fat in your midsection. So to reduce fat overall, you're going to need to follow a modest calorie deficit and include resistance training and maybe some cardio. Strength training is a great way to reduce abdominal fat on your body. As the saying goes, abs are made in the kitchen, which means that your nutrition is going to be a key factor in whether or not you actually have abs or they're visible as well as your genetics and your body fat percentage. You aren't going to be able to crunch your way to abs, although strengthening your core has lots of benefits, like helping you improve your posture and giving you better back strength. It makes it easier for you to perform your daily activities and it can also improve your athletic activities. So definitely work your core. Just know that there are lots of different factors for having a six pack and genetics and body fat percentage are a huge part of that. Strength training for your abs using lifts like squats, cleans, overhead presses, deadlifts, or snatches that you can add more weight to or add more weight to a traditional ab workout like sit-ups or scissor kicks or planking or bear crawls or b-ups or bicycle crunches. So those are different ways you can do that. You can either do strength training things, those common movements like your squat, your clean, your overhead press, deadlifts, or adding weights to a traditional core routine can be a great way for you to help strengthen that core. And um, just to add on to that, a thought that just popped into my mind, where you were talking, while you were talking about that, you know, we would all love to have abs, right? Because I feel like abs is kind of like the fastest way to show, oh, I've been working hard in the gym and look, I have a six pack. This is like years of hard work, right? But the other other day I was talking to a friend and, you know, we were talking about how um, being able to move and being able to go to the gym, it really is a privilege. There are so many people that are either like sick or, you know, work full time, have a busy schedule, you know, just for various reasons, can't go to the gym or can't work out and, but they want to. And just the fact that you are healthy or healthy enough that you can do activities that you enjoy and love, such as, you know, like, workouts at the gym or like going for a walk or like attend fitness classes or bike or swim, you know, like all these activities that we're, it's just amazing what our bodies can do. Right. And it's such a privilege. And sometimes we are so caught up in the, Oh, I need to train and build muscle and I need to like see gains and I I need to see a six pack. But I think it's also important sometimes to take a step back and realize how blessed we are to have a body that we can like lift groceries and be able to walk up and down the stairs and, you know, go into your car and drive places. Like it's really amazing what our bodies can do. And I think it's important to take a moment and just really appreciate and have gratitude for your body. So just what you had said before about, um, 
that we don't exist to work out. The workouts exist for us. And so sometimes we get caught up, like you said, in that idea of these aesthetic goals that we're going for. And it's not to say that those aren't great things, but like those exist to help improve your life, help you feel better, help you gain strength or be able to accomplish a goal or something like that. But like, we don't exist to work out. So I think that's good to keep in mind too. Although, you know, society sometimes make us think that we exist to look pretty and to have a six pack, right? (laughs) Yeah. Although I don't know, I have to say like, personally speaking, a six pack has never been on my radar. How's that for you? Well, not like it. I think a six pack is a good measurable goal, right? We talked about like setting goals and, you know, it's important to not just set goals that are aesthetic, but, you know, having goals that measure progress, such as, you know, I can um, do now I can now do 20 pushups instead of just 10 pushups, or I can do my pushups on my, you know, off my knees instead of on my knees. Like, but sometimes I feel like, you know, those are awesome goals and they're great for you, right? Like once you can accomplish the goal, those goals, you feel great. But as human beings, I got to say, we're kind of vain, aren't we? Like we like praises. I mean, I like praises. Do you like praises? Of course. (laughs) It's it's good to like have the self-confidence to validate yourself. But like, sometimes I like it when my friends validate me and say that I'm doing a good job going to the gym every day or like, oh, you know, you've worked so hard in the gym that you have six packs. Like, you know, I feel like we focus so much on these six pack abs because when you see someone and they have abs, like you don't think, oh, they just sit around and do nothing all day. You think, oh, they like are really fit because they have a six pack, right? I I feel like this is like what we're conditioned to believe, like whether it's, you know, things that we hear growing up, things that we see on TV, right? Like all these little things, they kind of um, form our thoughts and our uh, viewpoints in life. And so I think that's why abs sometimes is such a big deal is because that's something that people can see and they can validate you. No one's going to like come up to you and look at you and just say, hey, like you look like you could do five pull-ups on your own without help. Right? No one's going to come up and say that. But if they see you have abs, they'll say, oh, I love your abs. Or like, man, those like biceps are, you know, on fire or stuff like that. So I don't know. What do you think? Oh man, this has kind of like got my brain going in all kinds of different tangents that really don't have a lot to do with today. So I don't want to get too off topic, but (laughs) I guess a couple different thoughts that came up. One was that as you were talking, I was thinking, okay, so this, you know, this idea of this external validation, like, like you said, like we all like it. We like to be complimented or, you know, told that we're doing a good job or whatever it is. Um, And so it made me think like, okay, just, just checking yourself, checking myself and making sure that I'm doing things for myself, that I'm doing things more for that internal validation rather than the external validation. Yes, it feels great to be complimented by another person, but we've talked about this before. What happens when someone doesn't notice you or whatever? If you're you're leaning on 
you know, all of your self-esteem by what other people think of you or what other people see in you. If you base your success on whether or not someone else tells you you're successful, then you're going to fall apart pretty quickly because chances are there are going to be times in your life where you're not going to get that external validation. So having that internal compass, your internal guide of like, maybe I don't have a six pack, but I know that I've done X, Y, Z. And maybe, you know, six pack is obviously just like the one example here, but just have being your own, your own, I guess, for lack of a better word, I'm just going to say your own internal cheerleader and making sure that you have your own back and that you're supporting yourself and whatever your goals are, that ultimately you're doing that for you to improve your health, to improve your relationship with yourself, um, to make your life better and not for that external validation. So crunches and sit-ups help strengthen your core, but it's not necessarily the best way for you to build your abs. Now we're gonna move on to myth number three. (laughs) All right. And myth number three, rest days aren't necessary. Actually, rest days are necessary because you, you need recovery days for those muscles to rest, just like you need sleep every day. Muscles are fueled in the kitchen, torn in the gym and built during sleep. In addition to increasing your potential for muscle strains, stress fractures, and joint pain, working out without the proper rest and recovery can lead to bigger issues like extreme fatigue, hormone imbalance, and mood swings. So take a day or two off after an intense workout and make sure to incorporate movement in those days to stay limber and active. We talked about recovery in episode 24, so if you haven't already listened or would like a quick refresher on how to incorporate movement and recovery into your workout routine, episode 24 is a great resource. Myth number four, muscle turns into fat if you stop working out. If you stop strength training, your muscle is not going to just turn into fat. Fat and muscle are actually different types of tissues. So this may be kind of a silly analogy, but you can't turn a dog into a cat, right? They're completely different animals. So you will lose muscle mass, but the muscle doesn't just turn into fat. Just like you can't turn fat into muscle. You can lose fat, you can build muscle, but the fat on your body does not turn into muscle. They're different tissue types and they're formed in different body environments. Fat tissue is created when there's a surplus of energy in your body, meaning you've taken in more calories, more food than your body needs. That gain is not an overnight process. Muscle building is an even slower process. When you work out, your body is pumped with extra fluids, which is sent to those tissues. So after you haven't been working out for a long time, you might notice that you look flabbier, which could be a result of not working out. It's because those muscles aren't getting that pump from your body. Your muscle cells do start to shrink after a time, but just like the process of gaining muscle takes time, it does take time for those muscle cells to shrink. It's not going to happen overnight. So just remember your muscle isn't going to turn into fat and your fat isn't going to turn into muscle. They're different animals. I have a solution for that. What's that? You know, those fun house, you know, like carnival fun house mirrors, just, uh-huh. just buy one of those. Like, I think it's the, is it the concave one that make you look slimmer? Just, just buy one of those mirrors and stick it in your closet. So like every time you go into the closet, you're like, I look good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. And now I have stuck in my head. <laughs> Myth number five, a fat burning bill will help you achieve awesome abs. That is not true. Okay, you may have seen them on TV 
and they look pretty miraculous. But these so-called fat burning belts include abdominal sweatbands, sauna belts, and body wraps likely won't help you lose weight and may even be dangerous. Since these bands are often recommended for use during exercise, they interfere with the correct use of ad muscles. Heated sweatbands can also dehydrate you more easily and in some cases cause burns. Instead of trying this quick fix, it's better to just sweat out the calories the old fashioned way. Moral of the story, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah, I think that's kind of true for most of the myths, right? Myth number oh, six, yeah. you should work out to burn off the calories that you ate. The calories that your watch says you burn or the machine at the gym says that you burn during the workout are an estimate. And if anything, they tend to overestimate what you actually burn. So it's not to discourage you from working out. Just consider more the types of workouts that you're doing and is it going to help you reach your goals? If you are in a cut and you're looking to drop weight, a combination of strength training and cardio are going to benefit you the most. Ignore the calories that it says you burned or at the very most use it as information, but it doesn't mean that you've earned eating additional food. Let's try to break away from that idea of earning your food and as much as possible, just kind of forget the calorie burn, focus on moving your body and focus on nutrition. They're separate things. Also, if you take into consideration that you have to burn 290 calories to burn off a Snickers bar, that's about 30 minutes of exercise, depending on the person, but it's not like your body is like, oh, she just ran for 30 minutes. That avoids the Snickers bar that she just ate. That's not really how it works. It's not a trade-off like that. So work out to move your body and to feel good. Enjoy your food, fuel your body, feel good and make connections. Those are the things that we talked about with food, but neither food or exercise should be a reward or a punishment. Love that, thanks. All right, myth seven, no pain, no gain. Now there's a difference between post-workout soreness and pain. So DOMS or delayed onset muscle soreness happens when you get microscopic tears in a muscle and inflammation. Now DOMS usually only last a few days and it gets better, but if you feel sharp shooting or persistent pains in your muscles, joints, or ligaments, that's not going away. It's time to see a doctor. Don't try to just push past the pain. Pain is your body's way of communicating with you. Listen to the pain and understand what your body needs. For instance, if you have tightness in your soft tissue, you can work on mobility on your recovery day. If your legs are sore, give it a break while it heals and you can try upper body or cardio instead. Myth number eight, you'll lose more weight if you don't eat before a workout. So I did mention this a little bit in a previous episode, the idea of working out on an empty stomach, but I'm going to mention it again because I've had this conversation a few times. So your body will turn to its reserved stores if you're working out on an empty stomach, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to lose more weight. If you feel better eating something before a workout, go for it. If you'd rather wait, that's okay too. See what works best for you with how you feel before, during, and after a workout. Maybe the key to hitting your PR in the gym means fueling beforehand, fueling well, leaning into the workout session. Fasted workouts don't 
lead to more weight loss just because you didn't eat before the workout. Yes, initially after a workout, your scale might drop, but that could be because number one, you don't have any food in your body. And number two, you just sweat out some water, just to name a few reasons why the scale might be down. So decide what works best for you and go from there. To eat or not to eat is really up to you and how you feel. Remember the way to lose fat is a calorie deficit. If you find that one of the ways that that makes it easier for you to create a calorie deficit is by not eating before a workout, great. Just make sure that you refuel your body afterwards and make sure you're getting a good balance of carbs, fats, and protein. It will help you keep your energy up and help you to be able to continue working out. Whatever habits you're working to create, think about the long-term sustainability of those plans. Yes, it's true that sometimes we do need to tweak things for a temporary period to lose weight, but for the most part, if you're doing something, that you're not really willing to do in the long term, you're not probably not going to be able to sustain the results that you got from that. So here's an example. If you train for a marathon, you put in a lot of hours running and cross training before that actual race and race day comes and you run your marathon. But if you stop running after that race, you're not going to have the same endurance that you had while you were training. Life has ebbs and flows. So there are times where it might be a good time for you to focus on being lean. And there are times where it's time for you to focus on other goals and that's okay. All right. Myth number nine, if you're over 40, you should stick to low impact cardio. Now cardio is obviously good for your heart health, which is a particular concern if you're older, but if your exercise focus is too narrow, you're doing yourself. Hold on. Are we calling over 40 older? <laughs> huh? Over 50. <laughs> I'm just, <clears throat> I'm just teasing. Oh, oh, oh. It was a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like I used to think 40 year olds were really old. So <laughs> right. now I'm like, yeah, 40 is so young. <laughs> My mother-in-law the other day, she was like, I'm like, so young. Like this other person was so young and they're like, I don't know, like 74 or something like that. <laughs> and my husband's like, mom, that's like old. I know, but I'm only like this. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our perception of age definitely changes. Age is relative. Age. The older we yeah. are, the younger we get, right? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I shouldn't have been. No, no, you. you're totally fine. So, um, after 50, your bone density and muscle mass declines and resistant training can help with both those things, decreasing your risk of falling and breaking a bone. It can also increase your mental fitness. Research indicates that lifting weights can improve your memory and just 20 minutes a day can do the trick. So instead of sticking to just cardio, why not do cardio and incorporate strength training into your workout routine so that you can strengthen your heart and your bone density and muscle mass? Myth number 10, protein is only beneficial before or after a workout. False. Your body uses protein all day long, and it's going to be able to use that protein more efficiently when you have a good amount in your body. So having protein distributed throughout the day will help your body to be able to use protein in the most optimal way. If your goal is weight loss, protein can help curb your appetite, which can help prevent you from overeating. For muscle building, there's what we call the anabolic window where research has shown that it's beneficial to consume protein shortly after a workout. The International Society of Sports Nutrition says that window is up to two hours after a workout, but before I would worry about the timing of when I'm eating a protein, I would focus and make sure that I'm on a plan that includes 
hypertrophy and nutrition includes a good amount of protein. Remember the recommended range for protein is between 0.7 and 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. But if your personal range might be different, more important than timing for muscle building would be eating an adequate amount and exercising for muscle building. Okay, that wraps up our myth busting episode on health and fitness myths. Well, friends, thanks so much for joining us on the Macros Universe podcast today. We hope you've enjoyed the topic for this week. We would love it if you could subscribe, rate, review, and share our podcast. Every rating helps the podcast grow. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Macros Universe and feel free to email us with any questions, comments, or suggestions for topics you'd like to hear about at the Macros Universe at gmail.com. Remember, as your friendly neighborhood coaches, we are here to grow and progress with you. We can't wait to chat again next week.